Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. So you guys, we're talking about emotions this month. Emotions. Wow. You know, and every year when we come up with the subsets of what the theme is, I'm always fascinated to find out who's going to drop in to that area. And so this woman I'm about to interview, introduce you to an interview, um, fits snugly in that theme of emotions. So I'm just going to start with welcoming Mary Firestone. Mary, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Susan. Yeah. So short story, everybody. Mary and I met at a winery in California and she had this book and I, I was personally dealing with my own trauma stuff. And her book is about trauma and it's called Trusting the Dawn how to choose freedom and joy after trauma. So, well, Mary, I gotta say, I, I am feeling emotional already. I, I, so I might cry. Sorry, I do this sometimes. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, when I saw this book, you guys, I was like, well, I, and and when I met Mary, I was like, I gotta talk to you. I gotta talk to you. It took it took us a little while to get here, but um, the other thing about this book, everybody, is uh, she's got so much well-researched and experienced information in it. If you are, whether you're dealing with your own personal traumatic stuff, or it's interesting at the time that we are recording this, right, Mary, there are so many traumatizing events happening around the world, like the fire in Maui, like uh, the war going on between Russia and Ukraine, like the earthquake in Morocco, like the 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 storm that hit Libya and thousands are dead. And 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 those are those are all in like like within a a, a one or two month span. So even if you think ah, I don't I don't need to know about trauma and how to heal it, we are all experiencing it. And Mary talks about it in in her book. So I just wanted to give everybody a heads up. Not that it's going to be a daunting, upsetting conversation, you guys. No, no. <laughs> so before we dive into Mary's book, I want to read you guys her introduction so that you have context of why uh, she felt it was important to address trauma and how to trust and um, regain your joy. So this is her personal story. Red. Okay, everybody settled in. And not like a bedtime story yet, but <laughs> we'll get there. Okay. So her in the it, in Trusting the Dawn, she says, oh, you guys, I got to put on different glasses. This is just ridiculous when you're a certain age. Oh, holy moly. There, that's better. Okay. It was more than five hours before I was rescued from my bathroom countertop where I huddled wet and pregnant, shaking from cold and fear trapped by millions of gallons of mud. I didn't know how many hours I'd endure this soggy, frigid tomb. 
I did know they seemed both interminable and fleeting. For much of that time, I thought my husband and four-year-old son had been swept away in a river of mud and debris and that my own death was imminent. In mere moments, the tidal wave of mud had become too high and toxic for me to stand in. So I had to crawl up on the countertop, barefoot in thin cotton floral pajamas. I looked out my bathroom window at my world destroyed. I thought my life was over. There had been a deafening roar as hordes of as boulders the size of tanks tumbled in a torrential river of mud down the mountain above my house. On my left, I had watched this river crumple a neighbor's house and hurdle it down the hill away from me. On my right, the majority of my house had twisted backwards and washed away at 20 miles per hour. Not only was my living room gone, but my panic surpassed anything I'd ever known when I realized the window looking back at me was that of my four-year-old son's Evers bedroom. And I thought he was in it. So, Mary, you're describing the the mudslide that occurred in right after in California, we had the Thomas fire that raged for months. And then there was a mudslide in Montecito because right after, well, a couple months after the Thomas fire raged through or was still burning, um, we had this torrential rain that was completely unknown, unheard of in California, right? And that is what caused all those homes and to just slide down across the 101 freeway. You know, it, it was, I, I was down in Ventura hearing about it, um, but what you guys went through and for you to start your book with that is is powerful because there was a lot to heal having gone through that yeah yeah it's interesting too susan how you started the conversation there's so much happening in the world and it seems so far away you know the fire in maui and floods in libya and morocco it all seems so far and i remember actually a few weeks before the mudslide being in my car and hearing on the radio about, I think there was, you know, epic flooding in New Orleans or Houston somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. And thinking, gosh, like I have no concept of what that's like, you know, what that feels like. And then I firsthand experienced what that feels like. But I think to your earlier point, point like what when there is suffering like if we're all connected if everything's all connected then if there's suffering in Libya you're we're still feeling it on some level just like you know the opposite's true I think like if we're experiencing joy then someone across the world is feeling that too like it's all this in my opinion this collective connected experience yes and I agree with you so the and and you talk a bit about this in in your book, but uh, just to tap on the joy piece, um, because even if we, all right, I'm just going to say it. The best thing I really have found, um, besides uh, donating to uh, people that might are in need of food or clothing or whatever, or people that put boots on the ground to help other people, because we're all connected. The other piece 
that of how we can serve and help those individuals that are looking for their loved ones in, in mountains of debris or not knowing where they're going to live um, is by sending out joy, by, by, by drawing in a high vibration of love, of peace, of joy, and then radiating it out. You can send it like an email. Yeah. I mean, like, Think about it. A text goes through the airwaves. You can send joy, love, peace yeah. to anyone on the planet and they will receive it. They don't have to know it comes from you. Yeah, exactly. I, you, I think you're so right. The power of you know, prayer, which I know that word can be triggering for some people. But yeah, just like positive intent, joy, love, peace, healing, we we radiate it out, you know, physically. Everyone that we come into contact with is feeling our energy field. I mean, we're all energy, everything's energy. So I feel like it's kind of like uh, emotional, energetic hygiene almost because everyone you come into contact with is experiencing your energy field in whatever way you're showing up. So... I love that you say that energetic hygiene. That's like that's like brilliant. I mean, we take showers and use soap. Well, some of us do, uh, <laughs> but you know, why not also take responsibility for your the energy system that you are and what you're receiving and what you're sending out? It, because we're all broadcasting systems. It's it's true. I love that energetic. I might I might have to steal that phrase, Mary, and use it. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about trauma because in the in your book, um, as you personally discovered, you feel like it's a it can be a gift if we choose to heal from it and not walk around victimized by it. Yeah. And trauma um for me is anytime we experience our own mortality. And that can be firsthand, it can be by hearing something on the news or witnessing, you know, firsthand or having a loved one go through something or a friend or, but it's really any time that you're, for me, that your mortality is really like shoved up right in your face. And, um, I think for me going through this extreme trauma, it felt like such a contraction and I did have a baseline. I have my master's degree in psychology. I had been leading retreats with my sister, bringing all different kinds of healing modalities to people because I had experienced such positive change in my own life. So I wanted to share that. So I had a good baseline, but that and that mudslide in the aftermath and being pregnant and losing our home and having to show up in a positive way for my four-year-old while trying to find a place to live and, you know, figure out insurance. It was such a contraction almost. And I, w I felt like I was so raw that my intellectual thinking brain was kind of collapsed for a while. Uh -huh. That for me was one gift because I felt like my connection to the divine, my higher self, the universe, whatever you want to call it, was really readily available. Uh, and so that was one gift. I also knew enough to know that I had 
certainly PTSD. You know, I had panic attacks, nightmares, and um, hypervigilance. Um, my digestion, my sleep were disrupted. So I knew to seek my healing right away. And after a couple months of healing, then this other portal opened up. It wasn't just PTSD, but like because of what I had been through and going through this healing, it was like this massive gift of recognizing how fragile we are and therefore how much more beautiful this experience is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in our bodies, you know, I feel like so many of us, myself included, I, we want to ascend and, and, you know, connect and like be up there all the time. I'm like, yes, I do want all those things, but also we're in this human body and I think we're in it to, to love and to feel pleasure and to taste good food and taste good wine and, um, smell a flower. Like there's, there's human connection so mm-hmm. like i'm remembering but the gift was no you know very much for me realizing how much more joy and love because of that contraction i was experiencing so i wanted to research the healing research other trauma survivors that had thrived in the aftermath because the, sh- the sure thing is we will all experience pain and suffering as part of our human experience And how do we, you know, alchemize and compost that for greater joy? Yeah, I love that too. And that's, that's, um, you guys, that's what is so great about Mary's book because she's researched and then she offers um, healing modalities. So I want to read something else from your book, Mary. This is because you're talking about having researched people that have survived trauma. And you've got a quote from Edith Egger. Eager, eager, who uh, is a survivor of Auschwitz, and and in this quote, which just I'm giving this to a lot of my clients, I'm just going to tell them. Um, she says, "Suffering is universal, but victimhood is optional." And later, she says, uh, "All at some point, we all suffer some kind of affliction or calamity or abuse caused by circumstances or." people, or institutions over which we have little or no control. This is life, and this is victimization. It comes from the outside. In contrast, victimhood comes from the inside. No one can make you a victim but you. And so when you're talking about healing uh, from traumas, your, your book is promoting healing from the inside out so that you aren't a victim, but you can uh, continue to, like you were just describing, look at the beauty of life and appreciate it. Exactly. And that whole idea that, you know, I think sometimes, and it still happens to me, we can get um, disconnected or forget our own light and our own power. And our society we're all moving so fast and everything's virtual and i you know to really take time to remember and reconnect to the bright light that you are like this unique incredible being and that we all have we heal ourselves our bodies are incredible our spirits are incredible 
So sometimes we all need help getting into alignment and letting something go and having a different perspective. And that's why I love all these different healing modalities. I have some incredible teachers and guides who have helped me continue to help me. And also, I just had an experience actually last week where I went in to see a new practitioner and it was so fear-based and so much like, you need me, that I'm like, woo, no. Like, I, I really feel like the great healers, we remind people that they are their own best healer and guide and we're just here to offer a little bit of reflection or a little bit of like a different perspective or a tool. So, um, yeah, I think that's much more empowering that we don't like give it all away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to anyone. And, and that has been a lot of, oh, I'm going to say that too. Huh? It's a lot of what occurred during pandemic. Yes. In lockdown, we're all sequestered. I'm saying some really nice words, Mary. And uh, and what happened is so many people gave their power away to what they thought was the authority telling them what to do, how to do it, when to do it, and all of that. And those, oh my God, talk about being traumatized, right? The pandemic was traumatizing. And because of not being not being able to hold for many people, being unable or not trained in holding their own inner authority so that they could listen to themselves, they started outsourcing to the experts. Absolutely. And we do that a lot. We have been culturalized probably for centuries to outsource our source, <laughs> to outsource our source instead of going within and trusting that we do have answers we can heal our bodies it's it's fascinating to watch so let's talk about um how trauma affects the mind and the body because you've got some good stuff in the book about that so in the aftermath of trauma a lot of most people can get stuck in that fight or flight response which is a natural helpful reaction when you're being chased by a lion or you know you're running away from a mountain and collapsing on you it helps you know activate your body to get you away from the danger and to keep you safe however when it gets stuck in that on position then there can be some we can have some like mental loops that can lead to things like nightmares and panic attacks and um, digestion, um, you know, animals like Peter Levine, who said, you know, brilliant trauma expert, he writes about when animals escape the lion, they shake, you know, or like ducks that have had a fight, they, they disengage and then shake it off. So, you know, as human beings, we kind of go like this instead, clench and hold and brace. Um, which just wreaks further havoc. So, and I understand too, I've had people say, well, I know, but I feel like I'm stuck and I can't get out of it. And again, that's why there's, why I wrote the book and why I did so much research 
to reconnect to your body and your breath and, um, you know, so many different tools for resetting that nervous system. Yeah. It, it, and I am, I have, um, experienced what you're describing where my, my adrenal button is on all the time and, and going through adrenal failure and all, you know, and it, not taking time to actually really feel like I've reset. I, I've done so much healing work and I know lots of people have done lots of healing work, but it takes, it does take more conscious focus. And you talk about that in your book too, to be focused, um, you know, to watch how your, your words, how you use your words, because a lot, a, a minor thing, I mean, it's stuff that you would think is minor, but everything adds up to keep you, to, to actually keep you stuck. Like you said, uh, your client said. So. Yeah, exactly. And I think it is something, you know, that I'm really disciplined in my daily practices and even, or especially on the days where I feel great, you know, you're like, well, you don't feel great. Yeah. But that's like exactly when to do it because life goes like this and it doesn't mean that we're failing at our healing when we you know, go through a period of anxiety or getting triggered. It's just like, oh, you know, I just had that a few weeks ago. And it was like, okay, what am I supposed to learn here? Like, what is this squeeze <laughs> trying to sh show me? What am I not seeing? And, you know, how can I, <laughs> how can I get through it? And doing the daily practices is one way to just really like sit with that anxiety. That's how it usually shows up for me. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah, it shows up as anxiety. And I notice I start holding my breath. Yes. And and I'll go through, I don't know, an hour and a half of doing something focused on something else, feeling the anxiety plan in the background, you know. And, uh, and then all of a sudden I'll gasp for air because I haven't been taking deep breaths, which is part of my practice, you know. It's like, Wait, I just did that this morning and now I'm holding my breath. So so let's talk about some of the modalities you have in in your book for healing because um you got so many. And I love that in every chapter you also have a section, is this for you? And who is it for and who is it not for? That kind of thing, which I so appreciate, Mary, because like you said, when you went in to see this new practitioner and they said, oh, you need me. Not not everything that people tell you you should do is necessarily right for you. It's all individually based. Yes. I mean, we're all unique and, you know, doing any kind of healing work, there has to be, you know, chemistry and a connection. Yes. I, and I do, I think I even have a part in the book there too, where you know, I, I warn people against that. Like if someone tells you that you need me and like actually makes you pay them for them to tell you that, like run, that's right. not a good fit. And and I really, there's so many people out there calling themselves healers or whatever now. And um, I think that's like really preying on people in a vulnerable state. So that's just my word of caution. Like trust yourself. If it doesn't feel right, then it's not right. They're not the right person. Um, okay, let's see. The one modality that helped me 
Well, I have so much to say about it, obviously, but right. what helped me right out of the gate was um, EMDR, which is eye movement deprocessing, depersonalization, reprocessing therapy. That is such a mouthful. It is. So basically, uh, it is a, like a, a therapeutic technique that um, Dr. Francine Shapiro discovered, a psychiatrist. She was on a walk in the park thinking about something very stressful. And she noticed that in just moving her eyes back and forth, that the her sensations in the body diminished. So... EMDR is basically it's like bilateral stimulation and purpose. The ultimate purpose is to kind of reset that loop. Like when we get stuck in that loop. And for me, I was really stuck in, in nightmares and I'm like, I almost died and my whole family almost died. And that was my loop. So with the EMDR, the therapist I saw held like alternating um, buzzing little buzzers. One boop, boop, boop. Or you can like tap your feet or you can butterfly tap. Oh, that. Yeah, that one's something that you can do on your own. It's like it calms you down again because it's like reconnecting the right and left brain um, and re helping to kind of rewire, disrupt and rewire that story, that loop. So that practice, EMDR, helped me tremendously. Actually, that was the first night I didn't have a nightmare. Well, it was that night. So, uh, Mary, I have a question about this, just just for people, because um, if it's helping you to rewire the brain, um, do you have to uh, go through the experience again? That's a good question. Um, in my experience, we did, we talked, you, you tell the story while you're okay. So, and then each time you tell it though, it becomes diminished. So for me, the first time I told it, I was really activated and crying. And then the second time, a little less and less and less and less. So it's again, I you know, there's a connection between like the mind body connection of like teaching the body your state now. Yes, yeah. I just that's my, but I'm like, yeah, yeah. You now it's like, well, your state, you're here, you're present. That's not, that is not present. Right. Um. And it sounds really simple, you know, especially, uh when you've just gone through a trauma, it sounds like it would be so useful. I know some people that, uh, I know one woman that came out of a horrific abusive marriage and she found an EMDR and it changed her life and, and helped her to be able to be a better mom because of all that trauma. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that really, it did, so much for me and breath work. sorry uh, no uh, go like, ahead and breath work yes I say breath work because I get asked a lot you know what are things 
And all these things can be so expensive or daunting to find a practitioner. And I also want to say that butterfly tapping technique, that's mm-hmm. the woman, yeah, the Laurel Parnell. Well, I go through it in the book too. But like, that's free. You can do that on your own. Um, Laurel Parnell wrote a whole book too called Tapping In. I think that, you know, there's so many resources and we've already talked about our breath. Like that is a huge way to calm and reset the nervous system that is free and we do it all day long every day anyway right while you're sitting at your desk on your way you know commuting somewhere picking up your kid like you could do it with your children so there's a lot of different um super straightforward techniques um you know like the box breathing breathe in for a count of four hold for a count of four Breathe out for a count of four. Hold for a count of four. So you think about it like a box. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Super straightforward and just helps reset the nervous system. And you don't and it and and these things you don't have to do like the tapping or the breathing. You don't have to do it for an hour. You can do it for five minutes. Totally. Or like, yeah, five minutes, three minutes. You know, it just again, I think too what we've addressed, it's like Bringing your awareness back to you. Yes. You know, rather than out there and all this stuff, like, whoop, nope, back in. So it, so one, a couple of things you talk about in, um, in your book is, uh, using your voice, like using your voice and then, and the words that you say to yourself, especially, um, can help you to express the trauma and move through it. Yes, there is. And I love Dr. Edie Eager too. She talks about whenever you're writing your story. Yeah. And, um, that kind of kept coming to me from so many different practitioners. And even just shifting, you know, like my story around the mudslide right out of the gate was, ah, I almost died. I don't know what I love. Almost died. What if you know my mom had been in the guest room? What if you know? Uh, and instead of just shifting the words to "I survived," everybody I love survived. I was divinely protected. I woke up in time. I used my voice to wake up my family. I kept calm enough that I didn't jump out the window, or you know, but just reframing the story. Yeah. There's definitely a power in telling it. I was really active in Take Back the Night in college, which is, you know, a, a movement to help sexual survivors share their stories and not feel alone and bring awareness. And there is a power in speaking it, not holding things secret. Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, you need to gauge that make sure that before you're telling a story that you're telling it to a safe person and it's in a safe place and then become aware of like how much you're telling it like how much does that become your identity almost you know so how you start defining yourself is because i i did i went through this and that yeah that's a cautionary thing too yeah and it's we want the goal of all trauma therapy I did not say this, Dr. Pat Ogden, who's a brilliant trauma therapist, 
she said the goal of all trauma therapy is really integration. So it's to take all of these events and it's just a part of the story. It's, you know, peace along the way, um, the trauma, traumatic event. Right, right. So, and it's so funny because it, um, you have a section called the whole you in, and you say integration, meaning assimilating and bringing together aspects of your experience that might feel separate is the key to healing. That's what you just said. You know, and I don't, it, well, it really makes sense, Mary. It completely makes sense. But in, in, I'm thinking back in terms of my life and all the little aspects of my, you know, life, I, I'm, it's only as I've gotten to a ripe old age that I can go back and say, um, wow, yeah, okay. So that was just a piece of it. It wasn't, it wasn't forever in my life, right? These, so you can kind of not compartmentalize, but kind of maybe just see how the, how it's affected you. Yeah, it becomes, you know, whatever the experience was, like, how did, what did you learn from it about yourself? Right. World, it's like, you survived, you're strong, you got out of it, you, you know, how were you resilient in it, and then afterwards, and then how, I mean, Susan, what you're doing now, like, how have you used your kind of alchemized and composted your pain into then sharing and uplifting other people and helping people not feel alone i just feel like the you know our trauma we can feel so isolated and no yep. ants and you know we're again we're all more connected and that was my whole thing like well if i've been through that if you've been through that if dr edie's been through that and we can lead joyful vibrant lives you t- you can too and like Join the joy tribe. You know, people keep calling me a trauma expert, which I have done a lot of research and a lot of work in trauma. And I almost just recently was like, then I think I'm more of like a joy expert. Like, oh, I like that. Right? Like, how do we keep connecting to the joy and keep finding more joy, not in spite of what happened to us, but like because of, and now it's even bigger and brighter. Oh, I got chills, Mary. Yes. I say yes to that. Yes. yes. Change your change. Tell them that's not that's yeah. You're a joy expert. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. So now let's talk about also trauma being a point of initiation. Because it, it when I was going through a, a traumatic divorce, if somebody had said, Oh, honey, you're being initiated, I would have probably slapped them silly, you know. <laughs> Because the, the the experience is so intense when you're in a trauma that you have to kind of go through the trauma in some ways to then come out and go, like you're saying, oh, here's the gift. Here's So let's talk about it in terms of initiating. Yeah, initiation. So I was told by, you know, a shaman in the Arizona desert that I've been initiated. And then like a Jungian psychologist in Santa Barbara, I've been initiated. And it was like, well, initiated to what? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, in a shamanic tradition, it was explained to me that you're initiated when you face your own death. 
and again, a divorce, I've been through a divorce too. Like it is a death of a part of ourselves, you know, yep. um, a vision or a relationship or the person you were in that relationship. So, um, and again, it's initiated to this idea that like, you're not getting taken out by this now like you're initiated to like go forth and like lead with light and teach and help other people that are going through similar stuff so yeah that to me i'm like okay <laughs> i'm initiated I, that's a kinder phrase than um you know i used to hate when i go to the gym consequently i don't go to the gym uh when the trainer would say no pain no gain but that's kind of what you're describing is that the, the the traumatic experience and how we navigate through it and come out of it is is the process of initiation. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like we think about like the dark night in the soul. Mm-hmm. You know? and, but on the other side of the dark night of the soul is usually, well, I think maybe always there's like greater understanding, epiphany connection so the initiation a a word i've been enjoying is illumination right illumination um yeah so so some of the other things that you do in your book at the end in in your chapters is you make suggestions of like here's here's try this yoga pose or um here's journaling ask yourself these questions or do a journaling practice for a while. Um, And I really appreciate that because having done some of this stuff, like, oh yeah, I forgot. I can do that in my own house now and it won't take long. I don't have to grab my yoga mat and go to class. Yeah. There's so many resources available. I mean, that was one silver lining of the pandemic is like there's so much more available to us now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love one of my, she's a really great friend and an amazing teacher is Lauren Roxborough. So I've been doing, she has an aligned life. It's online. You get, I don't know, it's like a week free or 30 days free. And Susan, I love, she has a lot of rebounding. She's a, oh, how we can kind of hold and store trauma in our tissues. And particularly as women, you know, like the rebounding bouncing helps our pelvic floor and helps eliminate like, you know, cellulite and stress and all the things. So I, that's really fun. I've been enjoying her. I, I'm so glad you said that. I, I have a friend who does rebounding and has been telling me about it, but I haven't tried it yet. So I guess I better. Have fun. And it's just a good way too. the lymphatic system is the only system in our body that doesn't have a pump. So we need to move it. Um, exercise is, you know, one way to, to move it, massage, but the, the rebounding, there's so many benefits and that's one of them. Yeah. I, and like you said, it was shaking too. It helps with, it's, yeah. Argent. And every yeah. out, that's something new I've added to my morning practice. And it takes literally two minutes. I just go outside, get my feet in my grass, even if it's cold and dewy, and, you know, do like some 
breathing and shaking and kind of connect down because back to that whole thing that we're all energy, but like yeah, Earth's energetic field, feel like my energetic field. So much better. Yeah. And uh I'm gonna try that at the end of my day. Because after you know going through your day and there and you get dings and whatever, it, that would be good to do that way at night too or in the evening. Yeah, and, and then and then let it just go down and mulch into the earth because the earth knows exactly what to do with all that kind of chaotic energy. Absolutely, I love that idea. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll do it tonight. Um, so, but you've also got um, natural, which I also appreciate Mary I, I I've got essential oils all over my bathroom counter you know I I plus you uh, the the essential oils and the uh, as aromatherapy but also the oils specifically work if, if you put it on your body yeah. for helping like after well with the Thomas fire uh, I started sleeping with a couple drops of peppermint on my chest to clear the smoke out of my lungs, but also the grief that I was going through. That's a great idea. Yep. Yeah. Um, magnolia is a really wonderful essential oil for trauma. Oh, I'll have to look for that. Yeah, that works good. And then sometimes if I'm feeling, you know, up, which I think that can be, uh, how do I, like you know when you feel out of your body that can be a yeah. post trauma response to ground. I really I love sandalwood and putting it on the soles of your feet can be really helpful. Frankincense too, and mm. grounding and clearing. Yeah, I um I started using frankincense uh when my parents came. Uh, to live in assisted living near me and I would leave and I'm like oh my god I, I'm in so much pain and somebody said put use some frankincense oil but I didn't realize all the other properties which were so alchemic besides getting rid of my neck pain you know it was it, I love it's it's one of my go-tos I when I travel I have frankincense with me all the time so yeah and then you've got also then you've got um Chinese medicine? Yes. That's been really a life enhancer. Um, probably lifesaver too, really. But, you know, I think people think just of acupuncture when they think of Chinese medicine. And I did too for a long time. And um, certainly acupuncture has helped me at throughout my life. Into yeah. And there's also, you know, the herbal remedies. You know, right now I... Um, I think uh, Stevens Robinson, is, she blends I have herbs that I take daily. Um, there's different foods, you know, stewings, Asian pears, and drinking and eating them are really good for the lungs too. And coughs are just, again, clear and grief. Um, oh my God, I never heard of that. That's, oh, and that sounds yummy too. Yeah, delicious. And also like if anyone has kids, you know, when they get a little cough or a cold, they like it too. So I give that to my kid. Um, and Qigong, which is another branch of Chinese medicine, all about, again, like uh, like meditation is wonderful because meditation kind of clears and settles things. And Qigong 
if you think about it, it's like energy cultivation. So we can settle and clear. And then it's also so important that we bring in positive, light, good energy to kind of fill up the space. That's how I kind of think about it. Oh, I love that. I've done a couple of Qigong classes and felt so much lighter and yet connected because of moving the energy. And I love that you said it's an energy cultivating tool. Yes. There also, too, that was something for me. Well, we'll see. How many are we going to feel movements? Let's see. But I remember during the pandemic, I had, you know, really bad neck pain. And Paul Frazier, who I um, who I have in the book, and his, I think I, I have put his website in there too, but he did like a few little movements. And literally I did, you know, 26 movements and my neck pain went away. So that kind of, I was like, okay, let me. <laughs> right, fabulous, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it seems like there's a kind of when it's when it's about moving energy, there kind of has to be for like a proving point. Does this really work? Right. Even, and then so funny, even for me, even for you, but we've been doing this kind of work for years, but still sometimes they're like really work. And then you're like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I yeah. So um let's Let's talk about if you could focus people. Oh, you've got sound healing in here. I love that too. I've got a friend who does it in Ventura here. Um, if there's one thing you would want to tell people when they pick up your book, what, what would you say? I think it's, you know, I said it earlier, like you're you're not alone. And really, I would love for the book to feel like your companion and also for people to know that you know this is a community like even having these kinds of conversations that that there's so much hope there's so many different avenues to like reignite your light and to you know find your joy that don't don't give up and if one thing doesn't feel right or even if one practitioner in a certain modality doesn't feel right, well, try a different one. You know, there's just so many ways to help and heal yourself. And it's also not selfish. Self-care is actually selfless because by taking care of ourselves, cleaning up, um, well, there we go back to our emotional and spiritual hygiene, then we show up so much better and brighter for those in our lives. And then it's kind of a ripple out effect. Yes, I totally agree. I totally agree. Mary Firestone, thank you for joining me today. And thank you for writing this book. I I, I am so grateful that the universe put you in my path of awareness when we met um, you guys. This is a really good book, Trusting the Dawn, How to Choose Freedom and Joy after trauma. And like I said, it's like a smorgasbord inside here. You, you know, you'll just find something that it'll be absolutely perfect for what you're seeking in the moment. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your willingness to shine brighter because of and not in spite of. I, I greatly, greatly appreciate the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you so much. Thank you, Susan. You too.
Um, so I'm just going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website. And just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at Susan at SusanMorell.com. That's it for today. See you next time.